We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, this new 280 character limit can allow me to name all the things I love now and then it's just lifts of pink shirts, Kesha, getting white girl wasted, Lena Dunham, Taylor Swift, Grey's Anatomy, Fireball, satin sheets, blend in my coffee, bubble baths in my blankie. What's up, Rotor Grinders fam? Welcome to week 12 of the absolutely epic early week podcast. This week's is uh, slightly more absolutely epic than normal because Bobby and Grant and I were all hanging out together uh, as recently as, I guess, like 24 hours ago in Nashville. Uh, Bobby, how are you feeling right now? Your your login name today was Longest Hangover. Yeah, it was a lot of, uh, it was, it was an incredible amount of fun. Uh, great seeing you guys and everybody. Like it just was a lot of, uh, days in a row without sleeping a little too much, a little too much drinking, but it was a great time. So I can't really complain. And, uh, I can, you can hear it in my voice. Obviously y'all did to shout everywhere we were cause it was so loud and there were so many people and everybody you hadn't talked to. And we have a great group and I don't know, it was a really, really cool weekend. Great experience, but I, uh, I'm definitely feeling the effects today. Hopefully it's just one day. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun to get around all these people that we, uh, like Bobby, you and I, I feel like we're super close friends because we're hanging out every week during baseball and football season, but we, and then we're, you know, doing courses together. But then we realized yesterday it was the first time we'd actually seen each other in person in over a year. Yeah. Uh, it's always cool to like actually get together with everybody. Um, Grant, what about you? You had quite a weekend. I imagine you have a good Grant's rant or two for us. Yeah, I don't. I don't know which one to go with. I mean, the weirdest thing to happen to me was early before I even left for Nashville, when the people in the apartment lived below me, that lived below me, came up to scream at us for stomping when we were on the couch watching TV, and he was clearly drunk, and he brings me down into his apartment so he could so we can hear it, and there's no noise going on there. But very, very strange. He just kept screaming at me, why do you hate me? And then I go into his apartment, there's a giant Confederate flag, and I just got completely confused. And <laughs> don't understand it. Zero furniture. Like, the only thing in his living room is an American flag and a Confederate flag. And I, and I, I, and the guy's not white either, which even confuses me more. So I don't understand that. But, I mean, I guess, I mean, things to rant about this weekend. I broke my hand riding Mechanical Bull. Um no, but like legit 
uh, for any listeners, Grant legit broke his hand. He still hasn't gone to a doctor yet for a diagnosis, but his hand is yeah, at least you could, like, off-colored it. and bloated from being broken. So From riding a mechanical bull because I'm so cool. That's <laughs> definitely not exaggeration, which is what – that's how I would take it if someone's like, I broke my hand this weekend. Real cash, that nonchalant. That bull but night was really fun. Jam, you missed out on the bull night. You know, yeah. it was like the best weekend for me because I really – I'm somewhat incapable these days of going hard. And I showed up late on Saturday and I was dead tired. I planned to just nap and then meet up with everybody and ended up sleeping through most of the night. So by the time I was hanging out with everyone Sunday, everyone was going at like my pace because everyone was so wiped from the week. It was great. It was perfect. I got to see everybody. I was not going at your pace. No, you were not going at my pace on Sunday. You got Grant got kicked out of the bar by the end of the day on no Sunday. I didn't actually get I kicked out. out, so I chugged a beer against someone. Wait, 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 and wait, wait I got sorry, too full. Bobby, you got kicked out. No, no, he wasn't kicked out. Oh, okay, all right. No, I thought no. you said that you got kicked out. No, no, continue, no. Grant. Yeah, so I'll, I just have a terrible gag reflex, and so. I chugged a beer three times against people because everyone wanted to chug against me. I'm like, oh, I'm too full. Just walk into the bathroom, vomit a little bit. Bouncer comes in. Hey, you need to come outside with me. I'm like, yeah, I understand. Just let me wash my hands first. Completely acting entirely sober. We got out there, dude. We got we got to kick you out. I'm like, look, I understand this entirely. Like, I just took a shot. I can't take shots. I'm completely sober right now. I'll go in there and I won't drink anymore. He's like. This is by far the most coherent conversation I've had with anyone all night. You're good to go. Just don't drink. Yeah. You also threw up at the airport this morning. Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we can get to that during love at first sight. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> uh, the thing with, with Bobby, I mean with Grant and Bobby, you can attest to this, is you can't actually tell when Grant has consumed large quantities of alcohol because in Toronto, yeah. Grant had 22 shots. And uh, Abby and I thought that he was sober, so you know, mm-hmm. Grant can slide. He can he can get by with that's that's that how it goes. With him. Even even when he is really hammered, he'll start having this slurring word thing he'll do, and then sometimes it'll just complete he'll completely lose it and snap back into sobriety. Seeming like it's really confusing, <laughs> it's like mind bending. But also his personality is pretty much the same anyway, so it does help. That. That's true too. Uh, I did hear Grant and I were talking before you hopped on. I did hear the same stories like for four or five times last night, which was my indicator that Grant had consumed large amounts of alcohol. Yeah, that's how you know I'm beyond beyond drunk is when I repeat the same stories over and over again. <laughs> and there were like new people would come in the group. You know, we'd add like one new person, but then the other four people would hear the same story again. So it was clearly a sign of a good weekend. Uh, no, there were some, you, Evan Silva, uh, I guess even you, Bobby, yesterday, like some people were not going at my pace yesterday, even with me yeah. missing Saturday. But most people were more at my pace. Wait, uh, I do know more at your pace. Yeah. No, they weren't. Yesterday, you don't think so? No, it's only because you weren't around long, I, long enough. Was. I mean, I, I swear, I thought at the end, like people were really going pretty hard, I thought. <laughs> well, I left, Silva and I left to go back to the hotel for a bit, and then we were going to go meet up pizza for everyone with everyone and then uh noto's wife who everyone loves more than they love anyone else decided that they were all staying at the bar which meant uh silva and i had left the party prematurely to go meet up for pizza and they were just like well whatever we'll just hang out at the hotel and hang with everybody who comes back so 
yeah, I definitely missed quite a bit, but I'm glad I was there to see everyone and pretend like I was part of the brouhaha going on. Nodo and his wife are freaking awesome, by the way. Like they're both just super. They're the, they're the most opposite people, like personally, personality wise. But it's awesome yeah, the way they point. are. It's, like, it's totally like I loved it. It was it was great hanging out with those guys. Especially I got to talk to Nodo a little more than ever, and that was a uh, that was really cool. Yeah, two of the coolest people, uh, and like you said, Noto's super chill, laid back, and uh, Heather's super outgoing, and uh, yeah, fun, always fun to see everybody. Um, I don't know, should we talk football, or should we reminisce for like, the memories of this right Well, we need to get a punishment. Yeah, by yeah, the way, Grant, Grant, Grant had a good shot to win a lot of money this weekend, and JM, so, we all made money, you guys made a good amount of money, JM made a really good amount of whatever, but Grant had a real, a real shot. Yeah, Grant, that's that's a Grant's rant. That's what I thought it would be. Oh, yeah, that I sw- people talk me onto Burkhead and it cost me a million dollars. Yeah, that's a reasonable thing to bring up within the first eight minutes of the pod. Yeah, I switched off of Dion Lewis and Cooks for Burkhead and Gronk, and I went and did the numbers this morning, and I would have I put up a 189, and I would have put up two. 30 or like 226 whatever it was it would have won the million maker and i had one entry in the million maker because i didn't do almost like didn't do any line of building until sunday morning when i woke up and that was it yeah if you had taken it down with one lineup that would have been the greatest moment in roto grinders history you still had an amazing i only play one to two lineups every week in the million maker just because I don't want people to complain about building a hundred lineups because that's all they ever do. <laughs> Every single time any RG guy wins. Oh, that's what happens when you build hundreds of lineups. Dude, that's, that's not a given people, hundreds of people build hundreds of lineups on it every week and rarely do they ever win. Oh yeah. Dude, I feel so much pain for you. I'd be in such, I'd be, I'm, I'm not always a sore, lo- like a terribly sore loser, but I would be super sore. Actually I am, but I would be really, really pissed off about with you right now. But I'm glad you're uh, you're hanging in there because these things happen in DFS. But I really can't believe that you actually had to line up in <laughs> that morning. And uh, if you maybe slept in a little bit, you might have might have gotten there. Yeah. Oh, if I would have slept in a little, yeah. If I would have, I wouldn't have had to wake up. I mean, the problem is that uh, that I had good. I was dicking around most of the time, swapping out Sterling Shepard and other lineups on on the draft app, which was the party this weekend. I just swap them out of 400 lineups one by one. Yeah, I mean that hurt the that hurt the roster construction as well. Um, yeah, I had an either or that I picked the wrong side of that I I lost some money. I mean, I'm, like like Bobby said, made good money this weekend, but it could have been a huge weekend. But pales in comparison to Grant's disappointment. So uh, by like nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So definitely bummed about that. But uh, for Grant and for Bobby and me, because we all have a packed. We each get one percent if one of us wins the the millie. So ten grand down the drain for Bobby and me, um, which really hurts Grant. So still love you, yeah. But that's rough. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So before you get to doling out punishment, I would like to point out that you you told as you were telling stories over and over again, you told so many people how dumb Bobby and I were in our bold call last week. I don't know if you remember that. I heard you telling multiple people how dumb Bobby and I were. Oh, my God, he did. He did that like nine times. Yeah. I overheard it. And <laughs> we picked D.D. Westbrook. It was the next day that news came out that he would play limited snaps. 
And on limited snaps, he still had a higher score in yards and catches than Cole and Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis caught a touchdown, which means that you won the bold calls, fair and square. Bobby and I lost. But it's not like D.D. Westbrook was a horrible call on Monday night, lacking all the information we had by Tuesday. With that said, we lost. So what are we dealing with? Um, all right, I've got, I've got, I think, five for you guys to pick from. You're not going to like any one of them. I'll save the worst one for last. Um, and these all kind of have to do with things that happened to me this weekend because I wrote them up. That was my concern. Ago. Yeah, well, the first one is dude next to me started watching porn on my flight and home, and now I have to go to the hospital because I've had a boner for more than four hours. Hashtag heart flight. I, this I didn't is not, that's not the worst one? No, no, that's just a guy actually was watching porn on the flight next to me. It was very strange. Um, uh, so weird. I've never had more bruises on my nipple than I do at this point right now. Hashtag purple nipple. Hashtag black and blue and red all over. Um, the woman I saw wait, wait, did, did did Noto's wife bite your nipple? Do I remember that correctly? It wasn't Noto's wife. I couldn't figure out. Someone. I woke up with a giant <laughs> bruise on my nipple on Saturday morning, and me and Bobby couldn't figure out who bit it. I also got also like I think it was the same girl that I randomly met at a bar and then she slapped me later. But I think I asked her to. I'm not really sure what happened. But in All any right. case, still a big old bruise. Um let's see. To the woman I saw take my half eaten hot dog out of the trash can, you are the true love of my life. Hashtag thrifty, hashtag misconnection. Um <laughs> This new I don't mind doing no, that I don't one. mind doing that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, this new 280 character limit can allow me to name all the things I love now. And then it's just lifts of pink shirts, Kesha, getting white girl wasted, Lena Dunham, Taylor Swift, Grey's Anatomy, Fireball, satin sheets, blend in my coffee, <laughs> bubble baths, and my blankie. Half of those I love, half of those I hate. I just kept entering stuff that you guys would not want to. You know, I actually love bubble baths. Oh, gosh, so do I. I took five cover. this morning. I'm not Did even really? kidding. It's very strange. My body could, when I drink a lot, my body can't regulate heat. So I went from freezing and Bobby had my jacket freezing to like <laughs> boiling hot. I had to constantly go from my bed to the bathtub and put as much hot water as I could in there. It was a very rough morning. Um, and then the worst one, I think Lena Dunham is a national treasure. If you don't agree with everything that she's ever done, then I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't guess I know enough about Lena Dunham to know how Grant, Grant knows me well enough to know that would that I, I think that to know that I would hate to do that one. Um, I'm a I'm I guess I'm I've gotten a lot of flack this week, so I may as well bring this part of it up too. But uh, on Twitter, because I've I've written uh, the president a few tweets or whatever, and only people who get mad are people I've never heard of before and go off on stuff about roto grinders. My beliefs are my own. I want to say that very clearly for any of you that do follow me out there. I, do, I definitely don't have shared beliefs for the most part. Uh, with uh, with I'm not a pro Trump person. I'll just say that to be honest. And uh, what about the has nothing to do with anyone tweet else. last year about how much you love this Trump guy running for office? I yeah, do recall you were a Trump guy last year during the pod, and I was a Hillary guy. Apparently, I do recall that being a lost uh, a lost bet on the pod. That was one. That was one of your tweets last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the worst. Um, I think Grant. I'm going to go. I'll have to decide by the end of the show. I'll go with one of the middle three. All right, Bobby, should we post the same thing? I think I think so. Oh man, that's that's kind of funny. Um, that's not what I wanted to I do. I wanted one of you guys to pick the Lena Dunham or the list one. Well, I like 
I like the list. Yeah, all right. Let's both do the list one. How about I get you kind of separate lists? We'll we'll, we'll hammer it out. I'm just going to list like 20 things, and you guys pick and choose which one lists who. All right. I like that. Can I tag Bobby in it? Can I say Bobby's one of the things that I love? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. You're also going to have to say me. Okay. Yeah, and we'll say JM and Chris. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. I, I like it. We'll do that. Um, all right. We're 15 minutes in. We will spend a little <laughs> less time on football today because nobody's here for that anyway. Um, by the way, it was cool. Well, we got to, we got to chat with a few people who listen to the pod, and uh, I know Bobby and I were together chatting with a couple people. It was always fun to to know that the podcast is appreciated, even if we're kind of idiots on Monday night, even if we don't have a ton of information on Monday night, uh, totally tons of fun to do this with the three of us and, and always awesome to, uh, know that people are actually listening. So thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, appreciating the work that we put in. Um, my favorite yes, thing about everyone's, uh, comments on the pod is almost every single time they love two of us and hate a third person. <laughs> And it switches between each of us. Like, I, I heard that so many different times. Oh, I love you and this guy. I, I don't like that JM guy. Oh, I love JM and Grant. Oh, I don't like that Bobby guy. Oh, I love Bobby and JM. Grant, you're terrible. I hate when you talk on you. Grant's like the only truly, like, polarizing personality on our – I feel like, like – Oh, no, dude. I'm, I'm, I think I'm more polarizing in some true. ways than You're Grant very is. opinionated and, like – strong in your opinions i i can rub people the wrong way until you meet me usually like usually once people meet me they end up they usually end up liking me but sometimes i can have uh misconceptions because i can be a little brash at times that's fair i can see that i can see that i don't mean i don't feel cocky i i feel passionate that's what i try to see it probably just just justifying it for myself but i'll take it (laughs) uh all right so we're gonna talk about we're gonna run the same format as last week we're going to um Go about 30 seconds on each side. Uh, whoever goes first will get to give a counterpoint at the end if they want. Uh, you guys never used your steals last week, but uh, if I give one to Grant first, Bobby, you do have one steal per game. Same thing for you, Grant. Uh, so we're going to talk. We're going to actually do four Thanksgiving Day topics and then four topics on the Sunday main slate. I know that uh, I'm not a huge proponent of really small slates, but I know that the Thanksgiving one is always a favorite for people. It's it's one of the biggest, actually one of the biggest uh, NFL DFS days of the season. There's always huge contests on Thanksgiving. So uh, we want to talk about those games for you guys. I know that most of you, you will be playing those games this week. So uh, we're going to go by position since we have three games. And uh, I wanted to ask, and, and Grant, I'll go to you first on this one, quarterback. Who's your favorite quarterback? on the Thanksgiving day slate, uh, price, price included, like all things considered, who do you like the most? Uh, I think I've got to go with, first of all, price is mostly irrelevant depending on which, I mean, the one thing I've looked at so far is I have like 10, I won 10, uh, $250 live final cues for Thursday over on fantasy draft. I don't know how to make that many lineups. And I just tried to set one and I put in the top price player pretty much at every position, and I'm still leaving money on the board. So price is irrelevant here. It's entirely game theory-based. You have to realize that for Thanksgiving, if you're not li- – the ownership on the top price guys is going to be so high regardless that if you fade them, then you're already doing some great game theory stuff, and there's enough scarcity out there and enough guys that could do something that you don't need to. So I'm going to have one line of them sure where I have like 10K left on the board. But QB this week, uh, Phillip Rivers, Dallas just ain't great. 
Um, they just got lit up by Wentz, I believe. No, Wentz actually didn't have that great of a game. They just got stomped. But this t- team, I I got a feeling that uh, Rivers is going to put up another huge game this week. It's finally in sync with Keenan Allen. He has a lot of great weapons, and a lot of those can be exploited when going up against Dallas. Analysis there. I didn't do too much. <laughs> Bobby, what about you? Who do you like on the Thursday slate the most at quarterback? I think that Rivers does – I like Rivers a lot. I think Rivers is a – has a chance to have an absolutely monster game in this spot. I think that I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I don't see it as chasing cause I like it. I think that there is something into, to when they, when they click, they are really, really, they can be really, really good. And obviously Buffalo D people were actually on rivers quite a bit yesterday. Not like the, a lot of the sharper people I talked to at the party were on rivers. I wasn't as much on rivers. Um, but I, I understood it. And I think this is a really decent ish spot. Like, I don't know. I'm still having a hard time between him, Dak, and Cousins because I like all of them. To be honest with you, if the weather is all good in, in Washington, I might go, I might uh, switch over to Cousins. Uh, that's the only thing I'm looking at. Yeah, I think Cousins is really interesting because he's so perpetually overlooked. And I, I got on him too late this last week to use him. But, and, and Bobby, you were all about that Washington New Orleans game. I mean, that was where most of your action was. And I started realizing, man, Cousins is so good and no one ever rosters him. You know, he was cheaper than Brady, cheaper than Alex Smith this last week. And he put up 29 against that great New Orleans secondary. Um, Marshawn Lattimore missed a large chunk of the game, which makes a difference. But put up 29 against them, put up 31 against Minnesota. Um, and I kind of feel like he's not going to draw the ownership of like a true top guy in this spot. So uh, I agree with you guys. I think that those are the two best on paper plays Eileen cousins. Um, I think you guys basically agreed. So no need for a counterpoint, but um, I'll give the point to grant there just cause he said it first. Also, I think I'll probably just wait to give out points till the end and just decide who made better arguments. And it's probably because uh, last week, Bobby won. It's probably going to be Bobby this week who loses and has to try to steal the win at the end. Mostly because I want Bobby to talk about Nickelback or Kesha or something <laughs> like that. So let's just be up front. Um, running backs. Bobby, you go first on this one. Who are you liking the most at uh, running back on that slate outside of Melvin Gordon, who obviously only high price running back, the only guy who sets up really well. But then there's, you know, we got to at least use two guys. So who else do you see? I don't think you should play Gordon. Yes. I think there's, there's your fit. There's your fade. Um, I, I'm, I, I was screaming about it at the party. Look at his numbers going back to college after six games. And then in the NFL, it's been eight to 10 game range. He completely disappears at the end of the year. His body is so beaten up. Ekelar's played well. Um, we don't know. This is not like a guaranteed lock spot for that he's going to go nuts. He's safe. He's fine and everything Like for, a, I think, a reasonable game. But I think that, you, I mean, 8,100, you're right. The only problem is where you're going to spend the money you don't need to save, really. But I like these other guys. I think that I, I don't know what, what the situation is going to be with P Ryan, but I I really I walked into the final saying to siege. Uh, P Ryan is going to be the one we look back and say we should have played. But obviously the Chris Thompson injury made it. You know he got more work because of it. But he actually had a touchdown before that, or no, right right after that I think it was. Um, anyway, I think P Ryan's a, a, a great play if he's if he's uh, if he's in, and I think he will play. So I love P Ryan in this spot. He's my favorite. After him, I'm going probably. Uh, Probably just going to try the McKinnon-Murray splitting it up a little bit, but probably leaning towards more towards McKinnon because pass-catching backs are better against Detroit. Um, that's where I'm at. Right on. Uh, the 
Melvin Gordon thing's really interesting because you know you can't like you can jam in most of the higher priced guys, but not all of them. And so you gotta kind of gotta pick like, are you not playing Thielen or are you not playing Keenan Allen or not playing Dez or not playing Melvin Gordon? I think that most people will go straight to Melvin Gordon. Um, and not a lot of people will fade him. So I like that quite a bit. Uh, Grant, what are your thoughts at running back? Uh, yeah, I'm fading Gordon. Uh, I think Eckler is actually a great play if you're going to pivot off of Melvin Gordon because, I mean, did he outscore Gordon this last week? Let's see. Uh, he's out. Uh, no, almost. No, he's he like lost by point two. two. Yeah. Well, in any case, he's get like it, this was a different week. Also, like Melvin Gordon got most of the carries in the first half, and then there's also the injury news that could sway it if he has something that's flaring up or something like that. But if, I mean, I'm the guy I'm probably going with is Darkwell. Not a lot of people are going to be on him. He's playing actually pretty well. Again, that offense is beat up, and, I mean, they could be coming from behind, but even if they are, I think that they're going to run the ball with Darkwell regardless because they can't just throw to Ingram or go throw over to Shepard every time. He's putting up good numbers every week. He has, in the second half of the season, I think the most 20-yard runs out of any person since, like, week six. Like, he's putting up decent numbers on a week-in, week-out basis, and they're starting to get him a little bit more involved in the passing game. So he's going to be a lower-owned guy that I'm going to be on. I like that call a lot as well. It's hard to get sub-10% ownership on one of these small slates, but there's always a couple guys who just people end up completely staying away from. I think Latavius Murray could be the same way. Maybe not after he knocked in two touchdowns this last week um, and had another big game, but um, you know, I, I, there's these guys who we would typically fade on a larger slate that there's not as much of a need to fade them on these smaller slates. And like, I think it's fair to point out Melvin Gordon has the highest like raw points expectation out of all these running backs. Cause you know, the rest of these are timeshare backs or guys with question marks. So I don't think we're saying like, we expect him to have a bad game, but just like Bobby said, he's not a lock, um, not with the usage, like, that he's been getting. And, and like Grant said, you know, Gordon was the number one back this last week. Eckler got his work after the, the game was a blowout. So, you know, maybe Gordon does get in there and see 25, 27 touches again uh, with four or five catches, but his usage has been all over the place. His effectiveness has been all over the place. They have a poor offensive line. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to believe that he might have only 12 or 14 points. So I, I definitely like that as one of the best game theory calls is just completely staying away from that spot. Um, Grant, go to you first on wide receiver. Uh, we're going to go high price wide receiver first, and then we'll go low price next. So high price wide receiver, who do you like the most up at that high end? I mean, I think I have to go with the guy that won me a lot of money this last week. Well, actually, I could go with either of the guys. I had a lot of Allen. I had a lot of Thielen, but it's it's still Allen again. People, He went from, I think, 5-6 to now 7-3 this week. And I think people are going to go with Thielen this week, even though Allen no. really. No. Yeah. I I would just have guessed completely the opposite. I don't think it's even like, like wow, I would have just guessed that Keenan Allen is going to be super, super, like by far the most popular play. of. I don't know. I mean, it's still, it's tough to figure out because I've been on Keenan Allen pretty much more than anyone this entire season. Uh, i Right, I've been just behind you, by the way. I've been oh, just yeah, I know you have, you but I'm saying I'm the biggest Keenan Allen proponent in all of DFS. It's it's not it's uh, yeah, that's true. I, I think it's fair. Screaming at people all the time. I had over on where on the, some of the pre, uh, areas where he's priced up, I had like 80% ownership in him, and he was one percent owned. Like this, he was 5.4k two weeks ago, which was against Jacksonville. That made sense, 
and he's 5.9 this last week, and people still didn't play him that much. Like, his price going up as high as it is, I guess it makes sense because it's the Thursday slate, so you kind of have to pay up. And I haven't looked at DraftKings kind of pricing. He'll be very highly owned on Fantasy Draft, I believe, on FanDuel. DraftKings, I don't know if he is because people are going to pay up for Gordon. But, yeah, I, I love him this week, and I think i got to play him even at high ownership. I wish I was as heavy on the Keenan Allen bandwagon as you guys because that was my my either or that cost me 40k this last weekend was Keenan Allen and Mark Ingram or Jarvis Landry and Travis Kelsey so after the early games I was feeling pretty good about it because Landry and Kelsey combined for 41 points but then you know Keenan Allen scored 43 on his own so that made a big difference in expected profit on the weekend um Bobby what about you what are you seeing um, from these, you know, this, this Diggs, Dez, Shepard, Keenan Allen, Thielen range. Yeah, I think, uh, w- w- do we know exactly? Cause I should, I should figure this out, but it's only Monday. So I haven't thought about it too much. I'm, I'm just tr- wondering how, who's going to, who's Slay, is Slay going to actually shadow coverage at, at all? Like it doesn't matter. He'll go cover him in the slot. I don't know how they're going to, they're going to do it exactly. I have to look into it more. You probably would know off the top of your head a little better than I would, but yeah. So uh, real quick on that Slay is almost never going to go into the, into the slot, slot which right. means he should should uh, just trail Diggs most of the – and Diggs spends some time in the slot too, but yeah. uh, it should be you know 80% that Thielen's not on Slay. Uh, he will be on Quandre Diggs, who's played well, but yes, yeah, but know, he's not – I don't think it's a concern really, to be honest. I, I'm a little bit concerned only because I think Slay, I think Slay covering Diggs that much. I want Diggs more. Um, I think Diggs is – I actually love the spot. The problem is I love the secondary receivers and, and the slot receivers a lot uh, – a lot more against Detroit and they're playing the running backs and against the, you know, their, their defense. Um, but I don't know if I want to attack specifically uh, Darius Slay. He's been really, really good for the most part this year. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm still debating b- between those guys. Uh, I'm all over. I don't know how to not to play Keenan Allen. I'll play more Keenan Allen than any. I, I don't know if I'll have that one lineup without Keenan Allen in it. Um, I, I do think there is something when these guys get on a streak together that, that, that it's, this stuff happens. We can go back and look at it. He can have these games and spurts. It's really been kind of fluky and some really, really bad matchups also um, over the last few weeks. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think that the, Allen's back. He's my lock. And then other than that, I'm probably le- leaning a little bit. I want to lean towards Diggs because he'll be lower owned and he's a little cheaper. But I think I probably would go towards Thielen just because of the situation. So, so two, two things, things on... on- on this, I'm getting an echo from one of you guys. Bobby. Um, is it me? Two things on this. I don't know. Uh, one is just that, you know, I think that we would all say this. Anything we say on Monday night can potentially go out of the window on a, a three-game slate by Thursday when we look at ownership projections. As in, especially Bobby more than anyone who plays a lot of uh, game theory play as far as you know, Bobby will say, who are the guys I like? And then who among them are the lowest owned? And that's who I'm rolling with, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously not with the Keenan Allen situation, but uh, just point being that on there's, it's a pretty close call between some of these guys, uh, Shepard, Des Bryant, Stefan Diggs, like these guys could all be in the same range or any of them could pop off for 30 points. And I think it makes it really valuable when you recognize that no guy really stands out hugely above the others to say, uh, all right, like I'm going to take the lowest owned guy out of this group. And I think that's something that all of us would agree is a a sharp play on a small slate um, as far as game theory. Bobby, any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's important to point out on this particular slate too. There's a lot of other receivers to like. Um, this is not just those top guys. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Crowder ended up being the highest scoring receiver this week. I think it's completely in the cards. I think Dotson yeah. could end up being the highest scoring receiver this week. I think it's completely possible. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of Jones or Tate have a decent game. Probably, I guess then we'd probably be leaning more towards. Well, no, because you got Xavier Adam in. I got to think about that one further. I haven't thought enough about the Thursday slate yet. But, uh, I mean, Des Bryant even, I, I don't, I hate him. He's become basically a poor man's Jarvis Landry. But I, it's not like he couldn't have two touchdowns with those 13 targets he gets. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I just think he's an interest. There are all, a lot of good ways to go. The one thing I'm saying for sure, you will see a wide receiver in every one of my flex spots. I will not. This is, the, this is one of the rare wide receiver over running back weeks for me this year. Uh, so, and then another thought is, I think, I think I speak for all of us when I say I'm too exhausted to go game style this week. I'm not awarding any more points. So we'll just wait on that for next week because <laughs> you guys are hungover and I'm tired. And um, that seems like let, a lot of work. And you can let, we can let the people on Twitter, let us know, tell us, tell us who won. <laughs> who won? And then yeah, someone put up a poll. And then Bobby can, uh, can defend right. Nickelback next week. Um, and then last thing I want to say before getting to the mid-priced wide receivers, just to chime in on this, you know, you guys love Keenan Allen. I think anybody who's uh, read my stuff knows that last week I was a little, not, not cautious on him, but I was iffy. I mean, like I said, I almost used him on my main team, but my concern was the guy came off of ACL surgery last year. He'd had a really long run of, of poor games. And it wasn't just Jacksonville and a new England team that was scheming to take him away and Denver, but it was also, before that, it was Oakland and the Giants, two teams that you would expect him to smash. Um, so for anybody wondering kind of where I stand on that, I think he you know, pretty clearly proved last week that uh, his ACL is not an issue. So that was kind of my one concern. I love Keenan Allen as a player. Um, you know, We've talked about this. He's, uh, I think one of you said this weekend, best route runner in the NFL. He's definitely top three or four route runner along with Antonio Brown and the Vikings wide receivers. So a lot to love about Keenan Allen. Um, my one big concern was, uh, has this guy hit a wall? And I didn't feel like we had an answer on it. I think we do very clearly have an answer on it now. And I agree that, um, you know, anytime Keenan Allen seeing 10 plus targets in a good matchup, uh, which Dallas filters targets to the slot receiver, they get smashed by slot receivers. I'm sure I'll have the numbers in the NFL edge this week, but uh, just a great spot for Keenan Allen, for sure. Uh, mid-priced guys. Bobby, I'm sure I know who's standing out to you the most because he's one of your favorite young players, one of your favorite breakout candidates. But who are you seeing in this kind of like, uh, not getting down to these 3,800 guys, but just like this 4,700 to 6,200, which is basically the Lions receivers and Redskins receivers? Yeah, so I'm having a debate between because I really I can I feel like you can make a pretty good case for all of them. Um, Xavier Rhodes scares me. I, I don't in general want to pick on Minnesota, but if you do want to save, like this is a reasonable price for guys who have really, really high ceilings. Uh, so depending on ownership, I would let that probably do a lot of the dictating of this for me. But it's it, for me the number it's going to be one of Crowder or Dotson, I think, in at least all of my lineups, in almost all of my lineups, probably all of them, um, and maybe both of them in, a, in quite a few. So. I really am a big fan of the Washington passing attack, so I'll probably lean towards those guys over the other two. Right on. Do you have any any like between those two, one that you like more than the other? I think Dotson is the one I, I still – Dotson because I think he'll be lower owned is the answer. But I think Crowder is in just an awesome spot, but I think everybody's going to play him. I really do. I don't see how people don't you know 
the targets are there. Uh, even if it's like he's a safe play and there's upside just anytime you're going to get the kind of volume he's going to get. I do think Dotson's the much better receiver overall, and he's got the future. Um, so I love him if he's going to be lower owned, which is the case. But um, in my mind, if somehow it switches the other way, I'm going to jump all over Crowder and just play him everywhere. Yeah, and with uh, Jordan Reed should be out again this week, short week. Uh, it's unlikely that he's ready to go by Thursday. He wasn't particularly close this last week. Chris Thompson's out. Um, Terrell Pryor probably won't be active. If he is, he's a non-factor. So you, you're down to – and Ryan Grant – he got put on IR. Uh, oh, did he get put on IR? Who? Yeah, he's out. Who's that one? Pryor? Pryor. Um, yeah. Uh, and then Ryan Grant is there primarily to block. Uh, he's going to get targets, but he is there to block. So you basically are down to – uh, Vernon Davis in a phenomenal matchup and Crowder and uh, Dachson. And I think you can genuinely play all three on the same lineup because, all right, sure, if they blow out the Giants, maybe they don't get enough volume. But if this game stays close, those guys are catching almost all of the passes. I, I mean, I think that you can genuinely make a case for all three of them getting 15-plus points in the same game. Uh, yeah, don't Grant, see what are how much Chris uh, Thompson being out is going to help them also, by the way. That volume yeah, is going to go yeah. And that's yeah. Uh, so there's so many targets normally to go around without Reed in the office, without Chris Thompson in the offense. Like we don't realize how much of it's going to just filter straight to those guys. You guys absolutely nailed it. They're going to be seeing. I mean, Cousins puts up a ton of yards every week. Like they're going. To, I'm probably going to have several Cousins, Docs, and Crowder lineups. Yeah, and yeah, if, Grant, then, if Grant plays, you can play him because that the one flip side of this whole thing and why I'm getting even more on Cousins as I think about it, the one thing we, he does, he really he, – and everybody that was everybody's reason for arguing me against Crowder with me this week um, and Thompson, just that he spreads it out too much, which he does spread it out quite a bit. I thought the situation was too good, and I think it's too good again this week to pass up on any of these guys. You have to be looking at this to be, in my opinion, your core in every sort of format. I think it just makes too much sense. You guys, Crowder was, in my in my opinion – the most locked in play. Like I had him on every lineup I built and he was like 15% owner. So I think people are undervaluing these targets he's getting. Like he has 32 targets across his last three games and four carries. They are forcing the ball to him. Uh, like it just makes so much sense for uh, like, I think Crowder is the guy that you play it. If he's 50% owned, you have him in 90 or hundred percent of your lineups is, is the way I'm viewing Crowder personally. Uh, and then obviously Doxon has a ton of upside, fewer targets, lower floor, but basically the same upside, maybe even higher upside than Crowder um, this week. Yeah. All right. So that covers the Thanksgiving slate. Uh, I think tight end, obviously it's, it's Evan Ingram and Vernon Davis are the best plays. And then, um, you know, you can go game theory from there, but uh, it breaks down pretty easily there. Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm doing. Um, and then uh, that brings us to the Sunday slate. So I don't know how much you guys have gotten to dig in yet. I was basically traveling all day and trying to catch up on sleep. Um, but this slate on Sunday is is tough. Like it's really tough insofar as we've gotten conditioned the last few weeks to, um, you know, Bilal Powell, sure he didn't do anything, but you had a, a 4K running back who was going to get 20 touches. Last week, Jamison Crowder, you had a $4,300 receiver, Bruce Ellington, a 3K receiver, who they were going to get at least eight targets. Like These are locked-in values that enable you to get to some of the higher-priced guys. This week, there is a lot of ugliness and a lot of guessing. on the, There's no running back below 5K like actually worth 
truly liking. Like you can make case for Deion Lewis, but there's no one who you're like, oh yeah, I want to play this guy. Um, and really a lot of the wide receivers, cheaper wide receivers, same thing. So the only guy under 5K who I really like, and I think is probably the guy I'll be locked into the most, is Corey Davis. And Corey Davis is, um, is well, I was going to pull up the numbers, but I'm still stuck on this Thursday slate. So give me just one sec. But basically, he's the number one receiver for the Titans. They're playing this Colts defense that can be trashed through the air. Uh, and his target counts this year um, are... 10 against Oakland in week one, his first game as a, an NFL player, three against the Jaguars, no surprise there, five against Baltimore, 10 against Cincinnati, seven against Pittsburgh. Four of his five games have been against four of the top five pass defenses in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Jacksonville. So we haven't seen anywhere close to what this guy can do. Um, I think that game against Oakland, his first career game, 12.9 points. I think that's his floor this week against Indianapolis. We're looking at probably eight to 10 targets and a really great matchup, only 4,900. That's all I'm seeing. So uh, I wanted to ask you guys, basically, Grant, I'll go to you first for like a cash game perspective. Under that price range, is there anybody you see that, that stands out to you that you feel comfortable with? And then, Bobby, I'll go to you for more of a tournament take on this. Uh, Corey Coleman, Dontrell Enman, D.D. Westbrook. Uh, I love it. Yeah. And, and so, all of them are going to get tons of targets. Coleman got 10 targets this last week. They have, don't what? have other people to throw it to. Uh, Inman's getting a good amount of targets. I think it was Tiff and Pick got me onto him this week. Didn't really pay off as well, but he's, he's the main guy in that offense, and they're going to be coming from behind. And D.D. Westbrook, with Patrick Peterson being on Marquise Lee, Westbrook's going to get – peppered with targets and he's probably going to go off with one. So that was kind of my question is how viable are these guys in cash? Cause those are the same three names that stood out to me. Um, Inman, it's like I used, I used Kendall Wright in cash a few weeks ago against the saints because, okay, yeah, the, the bears want to throw the ball only 12 or 15 times, but when they fall behind, you know, they're going to pass. Okay. Kendall Wright got eight targets at minimum price that week, but he had two catches, you know, and it's like, that scares me with Trubisky, so I wanted to get your take on on that with the Eagles' pass rush, if that actually concerns you. Didi Westbrook, maybe he only plays 40 snaps again. That concerns me. And then Corey Coleman, just a matchup against Cincinnati is so tough on wide receivers that 10 targets from Kaiser still leaves me feeling like maybe he gets 4 for 40 instead of like the 8 for 80 that his talent would support. Do you have any concerns about these guys? Or you feel – I mean, it's Monday night, but you feel pretty safe about them in cash? I mean, yeah, again, it's Monday night, and, I mean, I've got to look uh, – let me look over at the running back. So, a lot of it's going to depend on what running backs I want to my lineup. Uh, Gurley versus New Orleans, yeah, I probably want him. McCoy versus KC, yeah, I probably want him. So, yeah, I'm going to need to pay up at running back. Uh, I don't know if I want Hunt versus Buffalo. I want to pay up for two of the top-priced running backs and probably a mid-tier guy. So, I'm going to need to find value elsewhere. There's not a huge amount of – really cheap tight ends that I want. It's more likely going to be a pay-up spot for either Kelsey or Gronk. So just the one place where you do find value is going to be wide receiver. And you get more safety overall pairing uh, any one of those three guys with a top-priced running back or a top-priced tight end than you do with going with a medium-priced running back and wide receiver or a top-priced wide receiver and low-priced running back. All right. I like it. Makes sense. Um, Bobby, any names besides those guys standing out to you? I mean, I think Kenny Stills is viable in tournaments with 
Matt Moore locking onto him. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that obviously is contingent on Jay Cutler missing again. Um, but anybody else standing out to you and any thoughts on those guys? I like every one of the guys you mentioned. It's going to be hard for me to, to, to make any counterpoints. I, I think that every spot, every single one of the, but I, I, the one thing I disagreed on with, uh, with you on JM is that I think these are all really, really good spots. And I, I happen to love Westbrook. I think this is, if, if, if we obviously will find out how much more of it will be involved in, I think it's going to be increasing. Obviously I was, I wouldn't imagine why I can't imagine why I wouldn't. Um, we like secondary receivers against Arizona to a great spot. I think that he has a game breaking ability. I love, I'm a believer in him as a player. and I'm a believer in Corey Davis as a player. So Corey Davis, like you was the first guy I thought of. And then if you go a little bit higher, that what I'm going to do is play a ton of Matthews. I want to be all over that game as much as I possibly can. I'm going to play those guys with T Y Hilton and, just about like, I mean, I'm going to probably change it because I end up playing a lot by the end of the week, but everything I'm building right now is just entirely focused on that game. So I'm a, I like those two Tennessee receivers, even though one's 100 more than you uh, made the minimum. Yeah, That's- I like that Richard Matthews call. And that actually brings me to the next question. So Bobby, I'll, I'll go to you first. And that's, I think this week, like, I don't know how much you guys have been able to dig into these sub 5k running backs, but it's, it's a wasteland. I mean, you've got like Matt Forte, Chris Ivory, Doug Martin, Joe Mixon against Cleveland, just like a lot of guys that people won't want to play. Like they're not going to gravitate toward those guys. And I think that in tournaments, if you pay down at running back, because most people like people are going to like these high price wide receivers, but because the path is so clearly like skewed this week toward paying up at running back, paying down at wide receiver. I think in tournaments, if you pay up at wide receiver, you will automatically be doing something different than the field. Not because people don't like these guys, but just because it's going to be tougher to fit them. So uh, there were two guys in particular. I mean, there's a lot of guys to like up here, but the two guys who stood out to me as, as kind of an interesting either or is T Y Hilton at 6,700 and Julio Jones at 7,700. And obviously talent is not an issue for either guy. Matchup, Julio Jones taking on Tampa Bay, best possible matchup. Hilton staying on Tennessee, one of the best possible matchups. Um, the concern is just workload and, and how weird things get with these guys. So, Bobby, between those two, do you have a clear preference? Yeah, it's – it's well, because I'm so interested in stacking the other game, I'm finding myself with a lot more Hilton right now. I'm not, you know, where I stand on Julio in general. I, I, I think this year has been, it's been a strange year for them. So I'm not, you know, the Super Bowl hangover thing is not just a joke. It happens to most teams, um, especially one that lost as brutally as they did. And I think that something happened this year. It's like they played really conservative every time they've had a lead and they've lost a few games by doing that. And they almost blew a 35 point lead against Detroit doing that earlier this year. So I think you could make a really good case for him. It's obviously a dream spot. I think he's going to have high ownership, even though people are getting annoyed with him. Uh, I still think the ownership's going to be there because he is the one guy who sort of stands out obviously at the top. And I think Hilton will be less owned and he's cheaper and he's in the game that I'm a little bit more interested in stacking. Although I like both of them very much. Right on Grant. Any thoughts between uh, Julio and T.Y. Hilton? I mean, on paper, it's Julio. Also, you guys, I don't know if you're watching the end of this game tonight. Question it ended, mark. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It, the way yeah. you said it made it sound like it was still going on, and, and Bobby well, and I had somehow missed like a double overtime or something. Yeah, no, beautiful Blair Walsh mix, missed kick. But Julio actually did decent tonight. I don't know how many points he ended up with, but I know he got a touch. I think he had uh, five for 71 was his final line. 
Yeah, so, I mean, 16, 17 points. And people are going to look at that and think highly of it. But the fact that he was getting guarded by, who was it, Lane, and essentially an entirely new secondary, it's not like he really had a great matchup. Hilton this year, though, in similar kind of type matchups that can really get burnt uh, in the secondary, uh, Cleveland and who was the other one? San Francisco both got teams that can really get beat hard in the secondary and give up big plays. Tennessee is exactly that type of matchup. And this is a game that's probably going to be in all likelihood a lot closer. And it's more focused on one certain guy in the lineup. So I think it's going to be Hilton just straight up from a lower ownership and higher ceiling uh, in this game. I mean, I get Julio Jones has had a 50-point game before, but uh, Hilton has had three of 27, over 27 points this year. Yeah, if we just look at game logs, it's like Hilton's floor is about three points and his ceiling is close to 40, whereas Julio's floor has been like 12 or 14 points and his ceiling has been about 20. Obviously, we know that Hilton's floor shouldn't really be that low. We know that Julio's ceiling is higher than he's shown this year, but um, you know, I think that Hilton is the stronger upside play in tournaments, given what we've seen. I think it's also interesting that a lot of these bad games, now one of Hilton's bad games came against Tennessee at Tennessee, which does make a difference for Hilton who plays much better on the turf at home. But like these matchups he's had the Rams, Patrick Peterson, um, Seattle, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. These are all really tough spots for wide receivers. So I don't know with Brissett under center, it's tough to trust T Y Hilton, but generally in good matchups, basically in all good matchups, except the one against Tennessee Hilton's done done work so i think that it's worth it to roll the dice on him this week in tournaments even taking on that low floor i mean if he's under 15 percent owned or even under 20 percent owned um i love him this week because he can put up 35 to 40 points so uh definitely a strong guy to consider grant you brought up the running backs and the, the high price guys that you're gravitating toward so i wanted to ask if we can only pay up for one high-priced running back. And we'll talk um, Alvin Kamara and up. So 7,900 and up. Who do you like the most out of these six guys up at the top? I don't want to say it. (laughs) Does that mean it's girly? I mean, Rams, New Orleans. I mean, people are going to, people are going to remember, Oh, the Rams against uh, Minnesota last week. They didn't really do a whole lot there. Um, Before that, we were talking about every single week, no matter the matchup. They are putting up huge amounts of points. I think they're still the top-scoring team in the entire NFL. They have a 28 implied team total. This is a 50 implied uh, over/under, I think, for this game. They're slight favorites, and Gurley's going to be involved whether they're going coming from ahead or going from ahead or coming from behind. Um, this is just a spot where he's going to be heavily involved, and I mean, uh, New Orleans is much, much better versus the pass and they are the run, so this could be a big girly game, even though he's not that great of a running back. <laughs> Had to get that in. And then uh, even when they pass, Robert Robert Woods looks unlikely to play this week. So I think that, um, you know, Woods, it, it's easy to knee-jerk and say he's their number one receiver. When we look at uh, percentage share of team air yards, Cup and Watkins and Woods are all pretty even. I mean, they they – use them for an equal amount of upside is a way to say that, but that's still leaving, you know, 25% of the team's air yards on the sidelines. If Woods misses, which seems likely at this point with a shoulder injury, uh, which is going to be more work for girl. By the way, where's Cooper cup from? Where is Cooper cup from? I know that. Yakima, Washington. Oh, I did not know that. 
I knew I knew where he played. It was like some D two school. Looks like Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington. Uh, all right, Bobby, what about you? These high price running backs, is it, is it girly first and foremost, or is there somebody else who stands out to you more in tournaments? Okay. So I'm going to pay up and I'm going to try and do a little bit of what you were talking about, about paying up for, you know, pay up for Julio, pay up for the receivers. And I'm going to play a little bit on the low end. I'm just going to mention him. Uh, I, I know it's looks terrible and all this stuff hasn't gone his way. And he's, Oh yeah. It's if he doesn't get a touchdown, he wouldn't have done anything in those games. It's Joe Mixon. It's I just believe in the player, and I believe <laughs> it'll break through at some point. And even still, it's not like he's been killing people with like he still got twenty carries last week just because he didn't do anything with them in a really bad matchup. Doesn't mean he's not going to break through at some point. He's 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 got. It. I, I so I'm going to be playing paying down a little bit for him uh, at the very top. This is the worst matchup he's had all year. No, it's not. Uh, Cleveland. I like uh, I like Cleveland's maybe. line in general. I do. I was I was arguing for them against Fournette for the opposite reason last week. So you know I do. I'm just saying a guy at that price with what I think is upsides. I'm I'm playing tournaments, so I'm I'm taking a shot on a guy who I think has got 25 in him at some point, and this could easily be that spot. He can also catch passes out of the backfield, even though he hasn't done a ton of it. So that's something I'm looking at. Anyway, at the top to answer the original part of the question before I went off on that. Um, I like Gurley. I am not in love with the Saints or both running backs are in a great spot. I think Mark Ingram is a fishy play in my opinion. Um, to me, I, well, I don't know if it's fishy. He's at 8,300. It's like, it's not like he's getting this. He's doing it on such little work and I believe in their run, their run line, but I just don't think you can have 60 from these guys every week. Um, the other theory is what if you just play those two guys every week? Because if we would have played them together, we would have been probably talking about this millionaire conversation sooner this year because they put up 60 together all the time. So anyway, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's on such like, it's such high efficiency that you can't really bank on it. And then you're like, right. Their prices keep climbing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Kamara is the, is my guy a little bit um, for tournaments. Again, it depends on how chalky the rest of my lineup is. And it's strictly because if I'm going to play the Saints, I'm going to do what I did this last week and play Kamara. And because if the game's tight and, it, and all the plays late when they're, when they're as Grant likes to say, 500 times a show coming from behind, um, they yeah. literally are going to pepper him with targets. He gets, His average number I – don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me anymore. I, I looked it up last week um, – in the last uh, three and a half, uh, last five minutes to go in the second quarter, he goes, he averages a few catches or whatever for like 50 yards, something crazy like that. And that, there's a reason he's in their little two minute offense. So if you're playing that game, that game, I would play a lot of Gurley and I'd run it back with Kamara on the other side with maybe even like a breeze stack because that's the pairing I think you're going to see get a you're going to see get a, get a ton of work if they're in those situations and you saw a little bit of it this last week and it could get even even more increased going forward because I think he's a better player than Ingram is. Uh, I like the you know you bringing up some of the or one of the cheaper running backs that you have an eye on because I do think that that's interesting is like where do we pay down if we are. Paying if we want to be different and pay up a wide receiver, I think the mix in. I mean, yeah, the matchup's awful. I think on paper you're not going to make a, a case that it's a good on paper play that his expectations are high. But again, it's like the week that um, that Hefe took down you know three seats to the Fanduel Live final a couple years ago, playing Tarkandrick West against the the Broncos. Well, like was West? Did he have a floor of five points? Yes, but. Did he have a ceiling of 30 points? Yes. And that's what he scored. And, you know, he was 1% owned. I think that Mixon is a guy who could put up 30 points. 
will be under 3% owned. I don't think he'll get there because the matchup's awful um, and he hasn't done it all year. But I do think that he makes a lot of sense as a tournament play for the upside that he has and, and the like differentiation from the rest of the field that you get. Um, James, so I like that call up. It's a bad matchup for sure, but it's not. I don't think it's quite as bad as you guys are making it out to be. I really don't. I, it's this is not the number one defense in all of football. Like they, they they have a good defensive line. Yes, sure they do. Um, I don't think that this is the literally the absolute worst. I, I don't I don't believe it's the best line. I do believe it's one of them. But I also think you're talking about a guy who also can catch some passes. And, and it's not like the Browns have just shut everybody down all year. They've allowed over 100 yards rushing, uh, what, four times so far? I mean, it's it's possible. Like, I'm just saying there's a path there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's volume-based primarily. They're uh, allowing 3.1 yards to carry, which is best in the NFL. They're second yeah. in the NFL in run defense DVOA. So, t- I mean, they're a top two run defense by either metric. And the Bengals' offensive line is, is trash. I don't even think this is about mixing right now. I think it's no, just – he has nowhere to run um, with that offensive line. So I just that like it's just hard to get those points that his talent can get, um, which is why we haven't seen it yet. And I think I agree with you. I think we will see it at some point. Um, I think that you will be on the play on the week we see it. And I think I probably won't be on the play the week we see it. But um, I do think we'll see it at some point this week. For sh- I mean, this season for sure. Um, all right. Last one I want to touch on real quick um, is just the, the tight end position. And obviously – like you said, Grant, Kelsey, and Gronk are really strong plays up top, but tight, uh, pricing's tight. So if we have to go down a little bit lower, um, obviously there's some cheap guys, but there's four guys in this kind of 4,500 to 5K range, uh, which is Jack Doyle, Jared Cook, Greg Olson, who should be off of IR this week, and Delaney Walker. So assuming Greg Olson's playing a full complement of snaps, Kelvin Benjamin's been traded, Curtis Samuel's injured. Uh, then you also have Delaney Walker, who, like, he hasn't put up the numbers he put up last year. But if you actually look at his game logs, no touchdowns receiving all season. And he's still putting up, you know, 12 to 15 points every game. So let's add a touchdown on there, and you've got an 18-point play. Um, so, Grant, out of these four guys um, who should all see targets, you know, all have upside, who stands out to you the most from Doyle, Cook, Olsen, and, and Delaney? Sounds good. I'm going to pivot down. <laughs> All right, fair. Uh, Tyler Croft, if he's okay. if he's healthy. But uh, so the reason why I was on Mercedes Lewis last week, Cleveland gives up just an absurd amount of like opposing plays target or pl- opposing teams targets are to the tight end, and it's just not close. And he's a big red zone guy. He has the upside for a two touchdown game. And even though he generally only is around like the four to five target range, I think it's going to increase this week. And yeah, he's going ham. You're comfortable paying 3,900 for him when you can get 12 targets for Doyle for like a few hundred more. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bobby, what are your thoughts? I I think it's Doyle and Walker are, are like awesome plays. Like I said, I love that game. I, I probably will throw them into some of the same lineups. Uh, I think Doyle's my guy. I think that, well, no, I think Walker's probably my guy because I think the ownership will be a little higher on Doyle because the price, but the, really that, that'll dictate a lot of it for me because I really like this spot for both of them. I, I love the game. Uh, I think Walker, what you pointed out is right. Like this, that's going to, ha- he's going to have a touchdown at some point. Um, if that happens and he gets you 20 plus, that might be good enough for, you know, that tier of a, of a, 
tight end this week. And honestly, like I, as much as I'm cool with, you know, maybe I don't really want to pay up for Kelsey and I'm worried Buffalo might actually be the worst team in the history of the NFL all of a sudden somehow, um, just how badly they've been smoked the last couple of weeks. So I feel like that's a little bit of a worry spot for me. I don't want to pay up for, uh, I, I'm okay with Gronk, but I'm not in love with it. I'm, I'm very interested in both these guys, but I'm going to let ownership dictate my uh, final decision. And I'm not really looking all that many other places. Yeah, and, and to be clear on the Croft thing, uh, Grant, I do I do like the call. Um, and I almost, I almost used Croft on my main team this last week for 2,900 just because I couldn't pull the trigger because I, I wanted Kelsey so badly, wanted Gronk so badly. But um, the guy gets usage. You know, He only had two targets this last week. And he was kind of in and out with an injured hand, but that was his first game under four targets in good matchups. Basically, we've been able to rely on four or five. He got seven looks against Cleveland earlier in the year. I definitely like it. Like you said, red zone threat. Uh, I'll have a hard time passing up the you know 10 plus targets for a few hundred more. But I do think that Croft is in play, not not at the top of my list compared to these other guys, but I do think it's a sharp call on him. I just don't like the price that much. Um, that kills off our eight questions no no points awarded except at the very beginning because we got tired of that um and brings us to love at first sight so grant i imagine you have multiple love at first sight stories to choose from uh what do you have for us this week yeah i mean i'm just gonna go with the nice lady where i was out at the nashville airport and standing outside vomiting into a trash can because you know i'm classy i'm crying because it's a bad one because this weekend and some, some like 30, I guess like 45 year old blonde woman walks by, just gives me a smile, rubs me on my back. Yeah, I've been there before. As I'm covered in tears and vomit, it was just one of the most special moments I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, God. What was the tears part for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I cry every time I vomit. <laughs> That's not funny, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I mean, cry, you don't cry out of the red. <laughs> Physical reaction, right? Huh? It's a physical reaction. Like yeah, it just yeah, happens. No, it's, not, it's it's like if someone ripped hairs out of your nose, your uh, your eyes are gonna tear up. Like I'm not it. I'm not actually sad. It's just <laughs> that's the physical reaction my body has. Uh, is there any way that that ties into a game? Uh, yeah. The team that made me want to vomit this week was watching Seattle play and lose. And the team that makes me want to vomit every time I watch them is San Francisco. But the thing p- people think are these players play like vomit, but they are not. They are a well-oiled machine in terms of offense and not defense. Uh, Hyde's going off of 30. Russell Wilson's going off of 30. This game's going to be closer than the six-and-a-half-point spread considering it's a divisional matchup, and they always seem to play each other well. Uh, I think this is going to be a real spot where there's going to be a lot of fan- – I. I think this game is going to hit 50 points. That is the, like literally the game that will go most overlooked on the entire slate, I think. And it's so, it's so weird because I was going to say that game and say, because I've talked to Tennessee and Indianapolis so much, I'll take the other game that I'm in love with and that's it. So that is very funny because I'm totally upset. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think for me, it's more of a tournament than cash game spot just because, 
with the with the low total. And like you said, Grant, they always play close or almost always. But those those have been thirteen to seven games, and they've been thirty five to twenty eight games. So I think it could go either way. Divisional games have a tendency to do that, but it literally like I think it's a fifty fifty shot of this game just shooting out, which definitely makes it worth targeting in tournaments at super low ownership. I love that call. Um, Bobby, uh, I'm assuming since it's not that one, it's Tennessee Indianapolis for you. Tennessee Indianapolis for me. Um, Tennessee, other than Pittsburgh last week, mostly has had a really cake schedule uh, in terms of who they faced from a receiving standpoint this year. And uh, in the one game, you know, they did play, but it didn't quite go the, the way that I would like to, for it to have gone. But uh, you got a lot of usage on the one side. Uh, I think Indy, Indy won at like 35 to 36, 22 or something like that. I think it's a great spot for TY. I think it's a great spot for both Davis and Matthews and Walker and Doyle somehow. And it's just going to be picking the right ones for me because I'm really interested in every aspect of this game. I think Tennessee has a god-awful pass defense. I think Indianapolis has a god-awful pass defense. I don't care what the numbers say. I've seen Tennessee play when they've been put in situations against reasonable passing teams, they've been lit up. And the only reason they weren't lit up worse is because they were down by so much. So if this game stays close, this is an absolute dream crush spot. I think the over over the total, I'll bet you anything goes up at least a couple points by the end of the week. It should not be 44 and a half right now. This is a really, really good spot. And you get everybody at pretty reasonable ownership, I'm sorry, pretty reasonable prices. So I also think uh, Mariota is, Mariota is probably where I would lean as far as quarterbacks go, but um, I'm open to both of them. So I love Yeah, I game. think that the only lineup I've I've actually saved so far has Mariota at quarterback um, with Corey Davis and T.Y. Hilton all on the same team. Definitely love that game. Completely agree that that total is going to be up at 46, 46 and a half by the end of the weekend and will still probably hit the over. Uh, I will be at the Patriots game this next weekend, so I'd love to choose that as the game of the week. But I'm a believer in this Patriots defense at the moment, so I don't expect Miami to be able to put up a fight. Uh, I'm going to go with Tampa and Atlanta. I think that there's a lot of upside here between a passing attack against Tampa and you know then just uh, – you know Bobby, you made a great point. How many games has Atlanta just let a team back in it this year – and they play soft defense once they have a lead. They slow down on offense once they have a lead. And it's leading to these, you know, games like the Detroit game or the Seattle game tonight where teams come back. So I think that Tampa will have a chance to put up points in the second half. I definitely think we can get a lot of fantasy production on both sides of that one. Uh, so that brings us to bold calls. I don't think we hit on anything super crazy today. Uh, do you guys have any suggestions? I'm thinking we could go cheaper – cheaper wide receivers and cross Corey Davis off the list and each pick one or anything else that you guys think of uh, that you think is better than that. We can go under 6K running backs or under 5.7K running backs. He can have yeah. Nixon. I'll take Hyde. Um, no, I like Hyde. I like Hyde. I, I want Hyde. I, I, I wasn't making a case for the two of them. I mean, yeah, I, should are, have both, I have one lineup right now that I built during this show and they're both in it. So you guys are leaving me with the scraps with that one. Like, what am I going to take Doug Martin? All right, we can go. Yeah, we can go I can go Croft. Oh, heck yeah. This, uh, yeah. I'm down with that. Bobby, what do you, who do you want to take? That? He'll take Croft. Wait, who do you say Croft? Yeah. Uh, we're taking tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I, I only like the, oh, the other two. Yeah. So that's you want, I guess I'll take, you take, yeah, I'll, I'll, take Doyle, uh, I'll take the other. I'll take, all right. I'll take, I'll take Doyle. All right, I'll take Delaney. I mean, I think we're I think we'll beat Croft either way unless Croft goes for That's the thing with Croft. I think he's going to get like 6 or 7 targets, but he could genuinely get two touchdowns. 
if you want, right, so, right. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, if you guys want, since you were so kind to me this last weekend, and I still have to put my list together, we can just go straight up who's going to get more targets. And I think Croft's going to get more targets than either of them. Wow. Well, in that case, I would want Doyle. You think Croft would get more targets than Doyle? Why, all right, fine. We'll just do points, but I'm calling it uh, 10 targets to Croft this weekend. Why would Croft all of a sudden get 10 targets? With Grant Neeper. <laughs> you just say some weird things. I understand how bad they are against the tight end, but still, like it just seems like a, a giant leap where he's probably never had 10 targets at any level in his life. No, he probably hasn't. It's going to happen this week, though. Even though they're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, by the way, this game is going to be closer than you think, and they're going to be passing more than you think. Uh, Croft's going to be, be, be good. He's going to be All good. All right. Well, let's just way. stick with you. I'm good sticking with points because I think Doyle, like, I don't know that Delaney's a lock to get eight or nine targets, but I think that Doyle is, uh, but I'll take Delaney just for, for, uh, point per dollar and we'll stick with that. Yeah. Love it. All right. Uh, we got anything else today? We went a little bit over on time because of all of our talk about the weekend at the front end. But I mean, everyone's going to be traveling right now. They need more stuff to listen to early on. Hey, week. good point. Um, yeah. All right. I will be writing the NFL Edge all day tomorrow and the next day. So sadly, I'll have no time to enjoy travel or listening to things. But, uh, but everybody else can enjoy it. Um, Bobby, any final thoughts before we get out of here? A question. You don't listen to things when you write? Dude, there's no way that I could. I have to be listening to something. I can't really? do it in silence. I'll, I'll, yeah. yeah, no, I that, feel like I would lose that my article. So like research intensive that, and I am really bad at multitasking. That's, that I would probably add like eight hours onto the amount of time if I listen to something. Do you ever play games at like three times speed, like in the background, and just listen to the, the announcers? I do that sometimes too. Can't even do that. I gotta like dedicate. Wow. Usually, I dedicate Monday to watching games. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I listen to Kesha while I write. Although <laughs> <laughs> switched to Paramore last week. Fun story. Oh god. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts? Um, I just got to think of a. So I think I'm going to make your guys's lists according to you guys, and they're going to be fantastic. Oh, no, you stick with what you had originally, which is we, we have like 20 things. We get to choose some because I don't know what you're going to put on my list. And that's not the tweet I agreed to. <laughs> well, in any case, I technically could give you any tweet I want because those are the rules. But if you don't want to throw anything in there, that's fine. I just think you're going to like the ones I put on your list. All right. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, take out uh, any ones you like, but I'm going to razz you. And tell you, <laughs> call you out on the Twitterverse and be like, JM didn't mention this. This vegan vegan charcuterie plate is one thing he loves. <laughs> uh, with with cow manure on it. Vegan <laughs> cow manure. Organic. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that does it for us this week. Uh, Bobby, thanks for hanging out. Grant, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, you guys, for rallying at the end of a long weekend uh listeners thanks for hanging out hopefully you enjoyed it we will see you back here next week same time same place we'll see you at the top of the leaderboards this weekend hey kids <laughs>